Hello and welcome to another Arcade and Retro podcast. Um, this, this, the team this time around is, uh, I think because one of the strengths we have as a podcast is our uniquely Irish perspective on things, so we thought just this time we'd talk about um, just our experiences growing up playing video games in Ireland and what our sort of earliest memories are of playing video games are. Uh, so joining me, it's myself Gavin, and joining me are Sarah and Stephen uh, again this week. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, I know for me, if I'm thinking back, uh, my earliest computer memories or gaming memories would be around the Commodore VIC-20, which was the first computer I got. Uh, this That was probably back in 1984 or so. Um, and yeah, there wasn't too much on it. Um, it didn't even have a tape deck, so if I wanted to play a game, you'd have to. I think I have like the first issue of CMVG somewhere, and uh, which just come with reams of code uh, that you just then type in, and then you'd play the game. And if you got one thing wrong, it would this wouldn't work at all. <laughs> but the the pictures that would be in the magazine would always be like giant robots battling each other. But then once you had the thing up and running, it would just be like the letter H versus the showing ampersands <laughs> at the letter K. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah, you, you had to use your imagination a lot. I think eventually, I did have a few cartridges for the Vic Twenty. You could take cartridges. So yeah. most most games on the Vic Twenty were very much sort of um, maze-based games, like Pac-Man style, uh, sort of puzzle ones. Like uh, I can't remember what it was called. I had one where you dug a hole and the monsters had to fall into it. Oh, it's Load Runner, is it? Uh, it was similar, but uh, yeah, I think it was a clone or something. Yeah. I think it was just called Alien or something. And, oh, uh, is that Hyankyo Alien, maybe? Yeah. It's, there's a Japanese game. It's on a Game Boy called Hyankyo okay. Alien. It, it was top-down. Yeah. Because Load Runner is side-scrolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a really famous Japanese game. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it maybe it was a sort of a clone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, I think it was just called Alien. It, that's all it said on the card, because that was the back in the day where mm. games had very simple names like Combat. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, and maze <laughs> things like that uh, but yeah there was quite a good version of Gorf on the VIC-20 as well which I played it was a really nice conversion on the VIC-20 other than that yeah I didn't play too much of the VIC-20 because it wasn't that long after that that I would have got a Commodore 64 uh, yeah. and uh, yeah I remember I think I got the Light Fantastic pack uh, of that on Christmas morning and uh, that was the one that came with the light gun that was never supported again other than the games <laughs> that came with the light yeah. pack but it was a nice little compilation it came with Batman Cape Crusader uh, which is a great little Batman game which we talked about in the uh, the Batman edition of the podcast mm. uh, and yeah it was a nice because what they did was the light pack gun pack was uh, little bits out of other games um, that were popular at the time like Combat School and Robocop and everything like when Robocop was just a section where you're the bonus section where you're, you've got the mugger has the girl hostage and you have to shoot I don't think you could shoot to her dress though <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah yeah so it was just a nice little thing that they did I know the Combat School stuff was actually particularly um, impressive they, they, they mm-hmm. were quite fun to play little Combat School bits uh, but yeah, nice use to light gun. It was a shame like, that the light gun I've never yeah. really used in any other games outside of that pack. Do you know about what year you got your Commodore 64 in? Mm, maybe around 86 or so. Six, yeah, I got mine very late. Yeah. The first console I got was Commodore 64. It was 1990, I think it was oh, around wow. in. Yeah. yeah. Now, mine so, wasn't a bread bin one. Uh, so yeah, mine was, was bread bin. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, then that's weird. They weren't making the bread bin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the... Because, yeah, it was the more streamlined Commodore 64 yeah. that was made to look a bit like uh, an Amiga. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the uh, VIC-20, I think, was by default bread bin shaped. <laughs> so I did get enough bread bin uh, action there with my VIC-20. Yeah. So uh, I was ready to move on to the sleek modern Commodore 64 design. Did you notice any kind of divide between people that like Commodores, who had Commodores and Spectrums and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In my school, yeah. They, uh, 
yeah, the, the, you did, and you'd have the few oddballs who had an Amstrad as well, <laughs> which I was always sort of curious with because Amstrad always looked when you looked at the back the artwork on the backs of boxes mm. uh, you'd see like the three different ones Spectrum Commodore 64 Amstrad and the Amstrad graphics always looked really good but I think that was just in screenshots because they yeah, had a, there's they, no they were a bit more colourful or something yeah but, had more colours but I think scrolling was hard to yeah, do on it yeah, and stuff were, like that yeah, <laughs> yeah usually, yeah, usually you get a Spectrum port it would be just a plain Spectrum port yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah what it used yeah. to always make me really jealous about the Amstrad was uh, uh, Dizzy games you had red boxing gloves yeah. the thing is, <laughs> which you didn't on the Commodore 64 the only just, thing is nobody owned a colour monitor that I knew that had an Amstrad they always had the green monitor oh right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you never saw the colours <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that one. That's home computer, uh, sort of my earliest one. So yeah, my earliest memories are probably playing games like Gorf and stuff like that on the yeah. twenty. That would be my absolute earliest ones. And uh, but yeah, I think in Ireland, like Commodore sixty four was very very popular. Seemed that way to it. me because I got mine late. So there's a few rich people now would have the would have a, a Mega Drive that was only out around nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um, and when I like um, by the time I got rid of my Commodore, everybody had. Super Nintendo's and Mega Drive's I was very late yeah. but there was still a kind of a group of us that said like Commodore's but nobody had a Spectrum and there's like maybe one or two got handmade on Amstrad's yeah. but everybody had a had a Commodore it seemed in my school yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah it was great the tape format was very good as well because we all had <laughs> I mean everyone would loan each other games yeah. and copy them <laughs> uh, you had a deck to deck tape recorder you could easily copy games yeah. and so <laughs> uh, like there was um, a shop called Computer City which was on mm. Cattlebury Street in um, Dublin City Centre and that was like quite groundbreaking at the time it was like a shop that just rented out video games and yeah, it was always really cool to go in there and pick up a game and you'd rent it out for a week and uh, yeah, you'd copy it while you yeah. had it out and then uh, <laughs> drop it back. Um, uh, and yeah, it was always cool because I remember that we always be really impressed because they had like um, a, um, a, a, a Commodore CDTV set up at the back oh, of the shop uh, <laughs> doing these like, uh, yeah. you'd have, it would have the, the, like, the deluxe paint. You know, the, the bouncing balls yeah, King, demo. Toon <laughs> Cammons like face. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that was in the picture. Yeah. It was always in the adverts. Yeah. yeah, and it was always, uh, yeah, it was like a demo mode on that CDTV it was like a tap dripping and everything and it all was very impressive yeah. but way out of any human being's price range only the five richest kings in Europe could afford a CDTV <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah any other particular memories around that time you, you, you uh, well me I was the Commodore was that's in, it yeah sorry yeah. sorry you were you were even born younger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I had the Commodore when I was like 1990 and everybody was kind of getting excited with the Mega Drive and then the Super Nintendo next year. I just remember like um, the there's these two girls that live next door to me in the old house and they always have the, all the latest computers and stuff and they had the Commodore and I remember going into them and they're playing like Jack the Nipper on it. Oh, I was Jack like, oh, I was like, I, I really want one of these for Christmas yeah. and I got one. I was so excited and uh, I got the Commodore and then I went over to their house to like say, oh, I got a Commodore, what games you got? And then I walked in and... It was 1990, so the Super Nintendo wasn't out, but their dad had just been to America because mm-hmm. I don't know what, what he used to work for RT or something. And he brought back an import Super Nintendo and they were sitting there playing F Zero. And I was like, oh, I want a Super Nintendo. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I had the, I remember I had the, the Commodore for a long time until like the year that Mayhem and Monsterland was going to be released. Oh, yeah. So I was always kind of jealous of everybody who, who got the Super Nintendo was a Mega Drive. Like, I remember the next Christmas I didn't get a Super Nintendo and my brother's friend got mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2 with the Super Nintendo or something like that. Some, That's the other thing, yeah. The yeah. magazines were great at the time as yeah. well. Oh, like I really, stuff like Zap and all. Yeah, I used to get Commodore Format, which yeah. is kind of a later one. Yeah. And yeah, that was a really good magazine. It was very, it was future publishing, so they yeah. had really yeah. good writing at the time. 
yeah, a lot so of like, personalities. It, yeah, because all of those magazines, computer magazines, they all came out of Future Publishing was based in Bath. It's sort of yeah. like a, <laughs> the birthplace of video game journalism, as we know it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But like, again, the, the fact that the magazines could put little, little cassettes on the covers as well, which mm-hmm. was great. It was good for me because I got them so late that they'd actually, nearly every magazine would have free games on it. Yeah. So I got like Trust or something, some really good game like that, but it was ancient, but no mm-hmm. buy. But um, like you'd get so much playability out of these um, demos. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, they're just it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, like it was, there's still a lot of people with Commodore, so like it was kind of we all kind of hung together and and stopped stopped games and stuff like that. So you made a lot of friends through what console you owned. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mm. one game that I really loved on the Commodore 64 was one called Mitch uh, History in the yeah. Making. Uh, it was a System Three game and um, with fa- fantastic music as well by the Maniacs of Noise. Um, uh, actually, I might play a little bit of it now first, and then we'll talk about it a little. Let me find it here. Ah, here we go. Yeah, so that's just a little bit of the music from um, Mitch, uh, History in the Making there in the Commodore 64. I think it was, yeah, Jorantel uh, did the music for that. Mm. Uh, but again, yeah, very impressive game. I think it actually sort of sparked a huge interest in um, sort of ancient mythology for me as well, just because mm. all the levels are based on different ones. You can start in Hades and then you, uh, you go to Greece and you meet the Hydra and Medusa. Then you go to sort of uh, Asgardian Norse mythology you fight Odin and uh, then it goes Egyptian and then there's a final shoot up level <laughs> <laughs> just like an ancient mythology <laughs> uh, but yeah very very difficult game like I remember actually I could only I've made it to the last level once uh, in it because the Egyptian level was particularly difficult with the traps and stuff inside the pyramid it was very very tough um, but I remember but again it's just what made, reminded me there was yeah because other kid uh, had a spectral version the spectral version was completely different and that yeah. was kind of crazy to me like the spectral version had like weird sort of save points and these orbs that you had to pick up and uh, so it was really a very different game mm. and I think eventually it came out on the Amiga as well a good few years later uh, with very good graphics and definitely a lot easier I completed the Amiga version <laughs> and yeah they removed because the original version was you were just some like average teenager kid uh, in like blue jeans and sort of a little cardigan uh, the animation was very nice in it uh, but uh, yeah and you get pulled back into mythology and um, that was the, the premise uh, but yeah in the Amiga version they used Slanya from the 2008 comics I don't know oh. if he was officially supposed to be him but it looked exactly like <laughs> him um, and uh, yeah yeah so <laughs> so it was like a big muscly guy with long hair was uh, suddenly that it um, of course, it was also horribly reskinned as a Conan game on the Nintendo. Yeah, they cut out all. Remember, we were playing it. They cut off, out all the um, the voice samples as well, which were kind of integral to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Medusa's. Uh, well, it was the, uh, the sorry, siren. Siren. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's like 
uh, yeah because there's a bit in that uh, where she's like come closer yeah. stop <laughs> and yeah if you didn't do what she said you'd like turn into a snake and bite your head off or something yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all cut out in Ed's version so yeah. it was kind of impossible <laughs> apparently it was just like the receptionist at the company that got her to record the voice samples for that <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, Mitch was great, and I think yeah, I think it was only really great on the Commodore 64. So it's hard. Mm. a lot of people don't understand you say that, particularly that horrible Conan game. It's, <laughs> it's this garbage controls. <laughs> yeah, they all all the Americans hate it, especially because you have to press up the jump and mm. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it doesn't really translate well to the the NES controller where yeah. you've only got two buttons. Exactly, and yeah. yeah, it just ran very sluggishly and. Mm. Um, Again, a lot of the puzzles were kind of weird as well. Like on the first level to get out of Hades, you have to cut down a skeleton uh, to drop it into the lava, and then you have to knock a skull off a skeleton into the lava as well. And then a <laughs> devil shows up, and then you kill the devil, but you have to have gotten fireballs first. And then you can take the devil's trident, and using the trident, you can throw that to defeat um, uh, Cerberus at the end, and <laughs> the end you escape from Hades. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was quite convoluted. Uh, I remember the original Commodore 64 manual had all these sort of cryptic clues as to what you're supposed to do for a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, because again, you need the Medusa's head in order to defeat the Hydra and all this sort of thing. It was very cool, like a lot mm. of what was going on. And again, I, I learned a lot about it, got a lot of interest in uh, mythology just from, from playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like from having the Commodore so late, it was some... It was really weird because you get like um, all the, the classics were really cheap and in these compilations. So it was a good time to pick up like... Um, stuff like Jets at Willy and Manic Miner for dirt cheap because they'd always keep getting re-released yeah. and then um, even like some like arcade conversions I remember Bubble Bobble it was a great conversion on the, the Commodore 64 those were my favourites but then they, they bring all these like really like a lot of the developers would bring at the time would be bringing out these really ambitious like conversions from like the Mega Drive or Amiga or these much bigger games and a lot of them were there's a few of them were pants but some of them were actually really good like um Alien Tree was kind of like a, it was very like the uh, Mega Drive one mm-hmm. but it was really good on the Commodore and stuff like McDonald's Land as well was converted from the NES onto the, the Commodore that was a really good platformer Yeah, and then you had yeah, some absolute yeah. yeah Alien Tree didn't work too well on the NES did it because you just had to run it was the problem was you had to run so close to the edge of the screen before it would scroll Yeah, so you couldn't see the lightning fast aliens <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it worked really well on the Commodore yeah, I remember it was a good game yeah. yeah and um uh, there's some really bad ones then as well. I remember Mercs, which I loved in the arcade at mm-hmm. the time, and the Commodore version is the, one of the worst games I've ever played. And it got terrible reviews in magazines, and I was just like, I love Mercs so much, it can't be that bad. It really was. It was awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah multi-loads are just a nightmare uh, yeah. for a lot of games. Well, kind of, I was used to them, because when I got the Commodore, most games were multi-loads back then. They A lot of them didn't load in one. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, the worst were the ones where um, it would you'd start on the title screen, and then you'd press fire to start and then it would load, load yeah. the first level yeah. in and then if you failed on the first level you'd have to rewind and load up the title yeah. screen again and that yeah I think R-Type worked like that so it was quite frustrating despite being a quite a good R-Type I'd say if you played it on I didn't I wasn't good enough to have a floppy disk drive at the time but if you played it on this drive it's a very good conversion yeah. but um, because Chris Husselbeck did his own sort of music for it as well which is mm. very very cool I remember um, Darkman on the Commodore as well was really bad for that. It was multi-load for each mm. level. But then when you got to like past the third level, you had to you had to load. Then when I got to the end of the tape, you had to turn the tape over and load again. And it took so long. I don't know what I think it must have been a bug with the loading or something, because it took about like 45 minutes yeah. which is ridiculous to yeah. load the next level 
so like for the longest time I thought the game had crashed and I'd turn it off and play something else mm-hmm. but then one day I just kind of decided to leave it on see if it would load and it did but it took so long yeah, it was like yeah. it was ridiculous but you have <laughs> that interesting thing a lot of the ocean games use the same sort of multi-loader whatever way the code worked yeah. so for stuff like Batman the movie the untouchables all that are sort of big movie tie-in games uh, if you died but then instead of winding the tape let it load it would just load in the next level and you could play the next level yeah. oh, you yeah. haven't got there uh, <laughs> which yeah was yeah. kind of but yeah that same trick would work on a lot of and ocean games Outrun was a weird one as well because I remember in the arcades you could take different routes at the end of the levels mm-hmm. but on a Commodore you'd have to you'd, it'd tell you if you want to take such and such a route you'd fast forward the game to this oh, point and wow. you could take that l- route and then if you fast forward again you take a different route yeah. I only yeah. ever played Turbo Outrun on the Commodore 64 that was a really good game yeah, <laughs> I've never been blown away by the digitised voice yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think one of the one of the games I played an awful lot of and we used to rent it from one of the rental shops and the only reason we played well no it was actually it was a good game the only reason we played a lot was because it was on cartridge and mm. there was no loading was uh, Toki oh yeah <laughs> the the rental shop had Toki and we'd always rent it out and it'd be like it'd be amazed that it just there's no loading <laughs> but that was yeah. that was a great conversion I remember I picked it up later on then on it got released on uh, tape then like really late into the Commodore's life and yeah, cartridges work quite well on the Commodore 64. There's like not very many of them, to, though. Yeah, because they brought out that really dumb consoleized Commodore 64. GS or something, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. 64 GS or something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's basically just the Commodore 64, but the keyboard is gone, and <laughs> that's yeah. it. But yeah, because like, the regular Commodore 64 could play all those cartridges, no problem. Yeah. So there was no point in buying it if you already had a Commodore 64. And it wasn't, I think it was either the same price or possibly more expensive than a Commodore 64 mm-hmm. without all the functionality of the Commodore 64, because you couldn't play the vast library of tape games. Yeah. Um. So, but it, but it did mean a lot of games came out on cartridge, and some of them were very, very good. Like Robocop 2 was very very good um mm. there was a really good version because the, the original commerce 64 version of chase hq was garbage yeah <laughs> garbage um but yeah chase hq 2 uh it was on the um uh, cartridge and it worked quite well played yeah. very well um what else was there oh yeah shadow of the beast was uh and i'm hoping to oh, do a yeah. shadow of the beast podcast maybe at some point in the future Did that come out in cartridge force or something it was, yeah, it was really expensive I don't, yeah, or something. I don't think there was ever a tape version because yeah. yeah it was too big to yeah, I mm-hmm. think it just, but yeah, it very much made use of the cartridge, and yeah, it was not a bad little conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably more playable than the main one. <laughs> yeah, I think I do because yeah, I think I remember. Uh, if not completing it, getting definitely to the last boss on the Commodore 64 and yeah. not getting anywhere near that on the Amiga. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, so it's, and like there was a really good sort of cartridge that had four games on it, um, and that was the. Uh, oh, like Fiendish Freddy, yeah, yeah I remember it had that one. Yeah. Freddy and it had Clax and mm. some others. I don't know, was Flimbo's Quest on that? I think Flimbo's Quest was, and there was another Flimbo's Quest definitely football had its own game or something, I don't well. know. Yeah. And Pang, for some reason, which mm. looked a bit drab. On I think there. that was a GES game, it yeah. was a Commodore 64 GES game, I yeah. think that's. How that came into being. Yeah. I love. I really like Pang. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just thought the Commodore 64 version was a bit drab looking. Yeah, looked very colourful. Whereas the arcade version, that's a very colourful game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, other than that, um, probably just uh, like, I don't know. It, 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 arcades were very big as well back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. In, in Ireland, they're not anywhere to be found anymore at all. Um. But like the the big ones in town would have been the likes of Barney's was a really popular one that was just off Talbot Street. Still there now it's a casino. Yeah. <laughs> All of them are. You can say yeah. that. Oh, that great uh, the hideout. Oh yeah, that was a really good arcade. Oh, it's a casino. <laughs> They're all casinos now. Uh, Doctor Quirky's has a few yeah. at the back, and there's some weird ones. Sometimes you like they have a weird one in, like did the Silent Hill light gun game. Yeah, which is terrible, but. Um, it, it only got released in, in Japan and oh, Europe yeah. as well so it's it's worth check, checking that one out mm-hmm. even though it's a really bad game it's like yeah. 
it's like a light gun game with a story which means like there's cutscenes in between the shooting like you, you shoot like two people and then there's a big long cutscene and you're kind of going oh what the f-? Like, mm-hmm. I just want to play the game and shoot things <laughs> it doesn't really work <laughs> yeah. that well but um, yeah it's it's just a Tekken machine in the back there's a few people hardcore Tekken players playing on oh, it right. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah other than that yeah I mean that's the thing the arcades were still a little seedy you were lucky if your parents yeah. my parents yeah they wouldn't let me or... they wouldn't let me go yeah. to the arcades there was one at home called oh god I can't remember the name Budgie Biz Budgie Bizzets because that's the name of the guy who owned it mm-hmm. and yeah I wasn't allowed in it that's at all that's yeah <laughs> there's a lot of drug dealers there there's yeah. a big one in Scaries as well down the yeah. road There was, I think that's still there although it's probably converted to a casino now <laughs> Um, mm. Yeah, other than that, yeah. Well, the other big place a lot of us would have played video games was the airport had like a vast yeah. amount of arcade machines in multiple sections around the airport. And yeah, so I, I used to know I used to go with my friends. Like it was an excuse we go swimming, and then but the real reason was like we go swimming and then we go into the airport and play a load of video games. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 the airport, and that, that's probably my introduction to a lot of games like the R type. I probably played for the first time in. Uh, in the airport Street Fighter 2 I played there for the first yeah. time uh, and they always had like some of the really good sort of um, driving game simulators with the big uh, cockpits that you'd sit in yeah. so Outrun I played there um, that's probably where I played my first video games yeah. was there like waiting for somebody because we had relatives in Australia so we'd be waiting for them to get off the planes and all and I'd be like they'd give me a bit, a, few, a bit of money to play some arcade games so I remember like playing stuff like Mercs and UN Squadron and yeah, stuff UN there, Squadron yeah. was there. Um, mm. Also, yeah, and again, just like they had hard driving there as well. Yeah. The big cabin, it was like the ultra realistic driving game. But it was, yeah, kind of a waste of money because it was quite difficult because uh, yeah. you just drive off the road very quickly <laughs> if you're just a, a kid trying to, because it's like a fully um, manual transmission. Oh, yeah. Something, and uh, <laughs> it was a lot to take in. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was high, those sort of polygon graphics and they were quite smooth in the arcade version because we were looking at it beforehand. It is very smooth. I think most people just remember a lot of home conversions of hard driving and that was uh, on the Game Boy it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it looks like a like a slideshow <laughs> uh, it's like someone's doing a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah some other ones yeah, I, like, I quite like some of the driving games there were great like they had Cisco Heat as well which is a great um, one Power Drift as well yeah. it was great oh, great Power Sega Drift one yeah. Was great. Yeah. Um, then you had yes uh, there was also a weird Chase HQ game as well where it kept changing perspective I must it's one of yeah. It's like it was. I don't know if it was officially a Chase HQ game or not, but it was the same premise of your was chasing it SCI effort. or something. Or? Maybe that was it. Or yeah. it's maybe Lucky and Wild or something. But it was enough. pretty cool because the perspective would keep changing from yeah. the inside the car to behind the car, uh, mm. depending on what was happening. And yeah, it was very very technically impressive. The graphics yeah. in it, and you're being attacked by attack helicopters, and uh, you're going off of cliffs in the car and stuff. It was mm. very very cool. Would it be Lucky and Wild maybe? But no, that didn't no, change I, perspective. I think yeah. it was yeah. It was like Special Criminal Investigation, and it was yeah. yeah so I think it might have just been called Special Criminal Investigation, but it was, yeah. I think uh, it was a Taito game as yeah. well. It was the same guys that made Chase HQ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was very much a Chase HQ game. Yeah. Was, I'm, I'm sure Nancy was even in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also, I remember a lot of the arcades got some really crazy rare games in as well. Like, I remember playing Wild West Cowboys from Mesa in Quirky's. Oh, wow. And I was, I remember like playing that like really late. I don't know. It, and I was surprised how early that ga- game came out. And it was like 93 or something, but I remember playing it like 1998 and it was just there for a few weeks. Yeah. And then in Kulak, which was down the road from, um, oh, what's the place where the Quasar is and stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah, the Leisureplex. The Leisureplex had some really good arcades. Yeah. They had, um, they had, they had a um, Hyperduel 
by okay. Technosoft, which I mean goes for thousands of euros <laughs> now. And even like I bought, I just was in Japan. I picked up that game on the Saturn. It cost me a fucking fortune. Yeah. But they had that down in like <laughs> in Leisure yeah. Flex, right? like the arcade version of Hyper Jewels. And I love that game. I did. <laughs> yeah, they used to have a yeah. huge selection in there upstairs. It was like, and there were lo- loads of recoons. Like I remember yeah. the Spider-Man arcade game was great with all the different really cool sprite oh, scaling yeah. effects. And they had the Punisher game yeah, as well. Punisher game was yeah. great. Yeah, and they had some really dodgy ones as well. They had their. Do you know what they must? They might have been. Um, they might have been pirate versions. That's maybe why they had the weirder ones because mm-hmm. I know they had a. Uh, they had Rainbow Street Fighter, the okay. Rainbow Edition, wow. and they also had a, uh, like one of those you know the p- kind of, pool games that like we do trick shots. Yeah. Every time you make one, like the girls would strip their clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Barney's getting in a lot of trouble. It was in, always in the Sunday World, like because uh, they had that was that version of like Quicks. That's uh, it, it oh yeah, reveals Puzz- a sexy lady, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that weird one. It's got like pictures of like uh, um, Karen Gaddafi and stuff in it, and Saddam Hussein, <laughs> and and uh, for some reason Robin Williams from the movie Toys, and it was all this weird artwork stuff yeah. from places. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was all like dance music that was like, your body, move your body, move your body, move your body. Uh, was, yeah, that would go on. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just quicks, except you'd see some boobs <laughs> as you want to ravel yeah. thing. But oh, if you, you did it wrong, it would turn into a big horrible monster. Yeah. Uh, Were you ever good enough that you actually got a crowd around you? It uh, happened to me a few times. Yeah. I used to be really good at Ghouls and Ghosts, because when I eventually did get the Mega Drive, the Mega Drive version of Ghouls and Ghosts, you stick it on the hard mode, it's really close to the arcade version. Mm. And so I'd practice there and I could like finish the arcade version yeah. in one cre- credit. And I was also, I played the crap out of Alien vs. Predator as well, where I was really good at that. And I was always really proud of my dad would be there watching me and have a big crowd looking at me playing it. <laughs> of course, the worst thing was like, uh, if you like put a few credits in. so that oh, Credit feed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, some asshole kid would always come up and just press just the player two, two button. Yeah. I was like, no, don't join me in playing. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> my money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, I get another one as well. Actually, ferry crossings in the ferry crossings. It was always oh, I never, never, pulse. never went to the yeah. ferries though. <laughs> was, I remember, yeah, I remember spending it because it was fairly long. Like mm. the ferries would take a, a three to five hours back then, you know, yeah. to go across. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I remember playing, uh, having. A, I must have enough coins to get through, but playing uh, King of Monsters. And oh yeah, completing <laughs> it uh, on a ferry journey. <laughs> <laughs> that game's really cheap. It's an SNK fucking yeah. game, so you must have put a lot in. <laughs> yeah. It was either that or watch um, uh, Little Weapon Three in their little cinema on the boat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was the one with Joe Pesci, I think. So uh, I think I did the right thing in, yeah. uh, in, <laughs> in playing in the arcade. <laughs> Well, yeah. What about the arcades in Limerick, sir? Do you remember? Not, I don't even think there was any arcades in Limerick. Oh, there must have been. <laughs> I was old enough. Yeah. Any any place I ever saw them was only in Kilkee, which is basically Limerick too anyway. Yeah. You know, it's like um, if you went on holidays that, you know, everyone from your school was down there anyway, it's like, why bother? <laughs> You've seen all the same people that you would have seen at home. Mm. But... um my parents were really strict with money so it was like um i had to go in with either my mother or my father because um my brothers and sisters were so much older you know be like it's not cool to go on holidays with your parents at that stage (laughs) so i'd have to go in with one of them and my mother would be like you know i want to go home you know it's really (laughs) noisy in here and i was like just let me play one game, please, ma'am. And if my father went in, he would spend, it would be like, 
he'd like a tenor between us but I would get like three and he would get the seven to play whatever games he wanted but he only <laughs> wanted to do the poker machines oh. I'm like dad you're wasting them why don't you play Simpsons game you love mm-hmm. <laughs> Simpsons I love Simpsons we could play it together and he's like no <laughs> so I'd had to kind of um, keep looking mm-hmm. around and seeing could I find someone the same age as me and like coax them into uh, playing games with me or the they might have more money than me and I might be able to they mm. might feel sorry for me and give me an extra credit and um, most of the time it was all um, kind of older um, kind of teenage boys and stuff they'd be like you know oh silly girls you know cooties <laughs> you know and they would just um, credit feed on purpose so I just had to kind of stand there and then my father would be like oh it's time to get dinner and I'd play nothing <laughs> but it Mostly it would be um, Simpsons. That's all really that I could even get to <laughs> because um, it would be smaller kids that um, they'd all be playing it and their mo- parents would call them away and I'd just like jump in like and push other children out of the way. I was like, I have to play something today and I don't care what it is. <laughs> um, but at home they had one in, um, they had the Turtles arcade machine that I was looking it up to see was it the arcade machine or Turtles in Time but I, I'm kind of sure it was the normal one but it wasn't in an arcade it was in like a little it was like a tiny shopping centre and there was like six different shops in it yeah, there's a lot of those type of small arcades and shopping yeah, centres and stuff yeah. but it was just yeah. the one I think it was just mm. one in the corner yeah. and um, because my aunt used to clean there you see she might give me three pounds and she'd be like, well, I'm going to clean the bathrooms and you can play until I'm finished. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, for a long time there, I think most uh, fish and chip shops had always had like an arcade machine yeah. in the yeah. 80s. So it would always be, so you're talking around the Pac-Man era, Donkey Kong, um, Space mm-hmm. Invaders, just that type of game you'd yeah. have in them. But yeah, they were everywhere at that point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember going on a holiday as well in Court Town now and was it Wexford or Wicklow? I don't know. Uh, wherever Court Town is, I was um, I went with a friend, and the place was just basically a beach. Um, it was a beach, and there was a kind of crazy golf place, and then just the place was just full of arcade machines. Yeah. There was like a big warehouse there that was full of arcade machines. It was a really good time as well because mm-hmm. God, it must have been around ninety five, ninety four or something. They had like Daytona and Virtua Racing uh-huh. and like uh, loads of other old ones as well, like Guns or Sunset Riders and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, That's the other thing, yeah, Bray, oh. Bray, of course, uh, being a really popular place for yeah. arcades. I was, I was just a big strip of gigantic arcades and stuff. So you, a trip to Bray was always great. Um, yeah, play Golden Axe and yeah, all those yeah. games was great in there. <laughs> I think Mortal Kombat Two had just come out or been out a year, and like people were going mad about. It. There's Mortal Kombat Two everywhere, um, at that time. So whenever that came out, it was around that time I went. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if Daytona was out then or not. <laughs> I, I think it was Virtual Racing was definitely out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the most impressive ones I saw was uh, Barney's uh, just off Talbot Street uh, had the um, that holographic game was it Time Traveller? Oh or? god the Sega one yeah, yeah it, was <laughs> it was terrible absolute garbage but it looked really cool like, yeah. Yeah, but yeah I just always remember this dumb wizard screaming at me remember turn before you shoot <laughs> I was like because yeah it was like it was like Dragon's Lair type yeah. gameplay where you had to just press the right input at the right time and it was just oh <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't happy with them yeah, I'd never actually seen a Dragon's Lair I never got to play one in yeah. the arcades it's just, I'd, I'd love to someday yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. um, yeah, of course, a, a big advantage was because Atari had their factory. It was down in Limerick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, so, not too far from me. 
Um, but if you were driving, if you were walking, it could just take forever. Yeah. But the stone, I think, is still there. It's yeah. like cracked and stuff. Like mm. thunder came down. So, yeah, there was lots of stuff built. And then you had to, there was, uh, I never actually went into it. There was the Atari Centre, uh, mm. which is still sort of there. Uh, but it, it's a casino now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's up in Santry there. It was like a special Atari Centre. When the, that yeah. shopping centre first went up, it was this cool Atari Centre. And uh, again, well, that was kind of crazy because that would have been, maybe mm. mid 90s and like I'd say Atari were sort of on their way out around yeah. then but they had an Atari centre what were uh, they showing in there maybe STs or something uh, no Jaguar. no it was just all arcade stuff oh and, was it uh, yeah, yeah it was just an arcade oh, Atari yeah. Expo kind of. There's a, yeah. there was a Atari Expo down in Santry as yeah, well yeah that's it the Atari Expo oh, yeah. that's what it was called yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's still got some of the old signage still in it, but it's very much just a casino. So, yeah, they even got rid of the DDR machine on the stairwell. Yeah, can you remember any of the sort of shops that you would have like bought games in as well? Because I know... Cleary's would have been the yeah. one for the 8-bit games. I was going to say yeah. Cleary's as well. Cleary's but upstairs and Cleary's. And HMV as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, going upstairs and Cleary's, like they were really good for Commodore stuff and like mm. and Amiga and stuff. They had loads of stuff like that. And, yeah, I remember um, seeing the CDI and the yeah. CD32 there for the first time in 3DO and then kind of looking at the price going, oh. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah some Commodore rep must have really convinced them that the CD32 yeah. was going to be the next big thing because they had a lot of CD32 Apparently it was doing The CD32 was doing okay in yeah. Europe until they just kind of well they, yeah, they got blocked from releasing them in America because of some patent trolls yeah. uh, kind of claiming and the, the judge ruled that they weren't allowed to sell them so they yeah. had a warehouse filled with something like 500,000 units that I don't they couldn't think, ship I don't think it would have saved them anyway no, but, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah upstairs in, in, in Cleary's was great poor Cleary's which is just yeah. a very large department store in, in Dublin which had just closed down God knows what's going to happen to it now, yeah. but uh, it hasn't sold computer games in a very long time, so I've never gone in. Uh, maybe if they were still selling computer games, they'd be a success. <laughs> Commodore games, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so they had, but but they were a really good place to buy blank floppy disks as well. Yeah. Just get my blank floppy disks there. Uh, I remember seeing like Rise of Robots on the C- this oh, on the CD yeah, systems yeah. as well. It was like on like a showcase. <laughs> of course, you had the Virgin Mega Store as well, which had a huge selection oh, yeah, upstairs. Yeah. Was just and like that was when like. Uh, everyone was out going out of their way to make the biggest box yeah. uh, so the boxes they had the shelf space required to have a couple of Amiga games it was crazy yeah. like even the budget games would go in boxes that were like a foot tall uh, <laughs> yeah. um, of course and some of them needed it some of them like uh, stuff like Pity Steel Sky came on something like 15 discs fluffy discs so you yeah. needed a box to hold them that yeah. was a big hard car- corrugated cardboard it came box. in a comic book as well didn't it <laughs> that's right yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I think it was Dave Gibbons uh, oh Dave Gibbons yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, yeah, it was in, yeah, it was very cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember always going up there. Then you had uh, yeah downstairs Neeson's as well it was quite good. Yeah, to get some for play a lot of little budget games and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's where I got my first Dizzy game. And yeah, Apollo Apollo Eleven was that what they were called? Oh, they I don't were, like, remember them. They're sort of a precursor to your pound shops and euro shops that you have now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the one on Moore Street used to be great because down the back they had loads of uh, Codemaster games. You know, oh small yeah, the cheap ones, cassette yeah. tapes, so two ninety nine, and yeah, yeah, some of them mm-hmm. were quite good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, and again, yeah, just there was also used to be a really cool thing in town in the North Star Hotel which is just across the road from um, Connolly Station in Dublin here. Uh, and there used to be every once a month, uh, there was like an Amiga club. Mm-hmm. And you go in and everyone would bring their Amigas in and everyone would just like, 
copy discs. <laughs> uh, you get so many games. You just yeah. everyone just copy games off of each other. It was just, uh, it was just a complete piracy club, but it was a uh, pretty amazing experience because you just come back from that with so many games. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, I remember that's how I got flashback. Uh, originally played that, and it was like a French version. So I remember a little English French dictionary going Pierre. What the hell is Pierre? What am I thinking? It was the rock. It was yeah. Pierre. Uh, it was so many little confusing things. So yeah, the first time I played through Flashback which I loved by the way it was a fantastic game mm. um, yeah it was uh, yeah they all in French <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that pretty like I, um, I had a few friends at Amigas and it was kind of a slip between Mega Drive Super Nintendo and Amiga and there's like a few friends there. I'm kind of friends with them, but I didn't really talk to them much because they had Amigas and I'd kind of hang around with the Mega Drive people because mm. when I got the Mega Drive I'd be swapping games with them <laughs> so, yeah uh, yeah you'd have to swap well, yeah because yeah, they were quite they were so expensive, expensive yeah. <laughs> 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 I remember I had like Rocket Knight and Gunstar Heroes serve me so well because they were such good games and I used to be able to swap them for Anthem nearly <laughs> yeah exactly mm. yeah yeah mm. But yeah, yes, so yes. Although the worst thing was a lot of Amiga games because I, yeah, I know I'm I probably oh, I did do a lot of piracy, uh, but uh, I also bought a lot of games, which I think yeah, I think I'm. <laughs> but the trouble yeah. is, yeah, that was the trouble with the games you bought. You'd have to have like the giant manual, and you'd loan it to people, and you wouldn't get the manual back, and the games <laughs> would be unplayable. Yeah. And it used to drive me nuts because I I used to love playing Frontier, and I loaned it to someone and didn't give me the manual back. <laughs> and it's really this stupid thing. You'll try to dock at a space station, and the police will stop you in the game and tell you uh, what read out what word is on page thirty six <laughs> paragraph to <laughs> what's yeah. the first word and you're like oh <laughs> and yeah yeah you just get shot to bits if you couldn't uh, enter it yeah. and it was completely random if it would happen or not <laughs> and uh, yeah I remember there was another one as well um, I think it was was a Chrono Quest or something or uh, it was again it was a, the most stupid copy protection ever because it was like it was a Psygnosis game so it had this sort of beautiful artwork on the cover of the box yeah. uh, I don't know if it was um, um, is it Roger Dean's artwork or not but it was very that sort of similar sort of psychedelic weird artwork and mm. uh, yeah basically the cop protection was like this tracing paper with a grid on it and you'd put that over the co- over the front cover of the box and it would say uh, what colour is in grid reference K11 <laughs> and you go on it but it wasn't like a, a perfect it was like an image with tone so it yeah. would be gradients of uh, it was like a rainbow of colours and they're like oh, purple- I guess it's majority red but it's a bit of yellow is that what red or magenta <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like not everything was the 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 mix and mojo wheel from Monkey Island. That was a good one as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. I anything else there? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Kind of going on later on would be the sixteen bit yeah. stuff. Like I had the Mega Drive for a long time, and then I got a PC. But I don't know. It's it kind of by that time, it's kind of not very Irish. Then mm-hmm. I think for the PC was kind of because we didn't have broadband in Ireland. There yeah. was a lot of land meetups and for a while there like um we'd i'd be kind of uh no when counter-strike came out there we, mm-hmm. we'd be having a lot of like 24-hour sessions in an internet cafe because a yeah. friend of mine he was like big at the pc he'd had a friend that owned an internet cafe in town and we'd go into his place and oh, just yeah. play all night just playing half-life and counter-strike and then you'd be coming home hallucinating <laughs> because yeah. you they haven't didn't get any sleep and so kind of uh, my pc experience is kind of atypical from most other people because he was so into PCs he had like four of them in his house and yeah. we'd have them all networked up and we'd be playing like four player Starcraft and Half-Life where most other people wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. have experienced that and they probably at best would have dial-up but that was a that was a kind of came from that way we actually got broadband in Ireland because yeah. of um, Ireland Online was kind of set up I think there was a few people there that wanted it for business and all this but kind of the sneaky thing was we kind of wanted it because Counter-Strike was kind of shit on yeah. dial-up <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, yeah, I just remember, yeah, just first getting the internet and mm. uh, yeah, just 28k modem, but just yeah. being blown away by like Happy Puppy Games, I think was the website. And oh, it had yeah. So yeah. much stuff you can download from it. And like, that's where I got Duke Nukem. And that was just amazing mm. how big that was because it was like a shareware game. So yeah. like the first episode was free and you could download it. But again, it was enough to fit on a floppy disk somehow. It was just getting crazy. But uh, yeah, that game was, yeah. uh, it was so cool. Just like, you know, I downloaded this and it was for free. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so cool. Apparently the um, the people who own Happy Puppy are broke now. <laughs> yeah, they sold it on. Like, they sold it on for time. for millions and yeah. then spent all their money on animation. And I've nothing now. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Uh, yeah, it's such a, it, was, it was such an important website back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got replaced by IGN and now they're terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think God, um, then what's happening now to video game journalism? It's gone really bad at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. see none of them are covering any like obscure games or anything anymore well that's and yeah and that's the thing um yeah yep. the, the big problem is yeah it's all preview 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 it's not yeah. like uh, it's all like oh look at this great thing it's on the horizon and it's all just like fake shit. that's not uh, journalism that's marketing yeah. and it's not much use that's why i think it's quite interesting um um uh, lee alexander her she, the site she runs now called off world is very good mm-hmm. because it's all just and i think she's made a promise never to talk about games that aren't out yet right. so everything is just reviews and again it's all really obscure sort of indie stuff and some yeah. really really interesting stuff and yeah if you haven't checked out her um, lo-fi let's plays I'd really recommend them mm-hmm. uh, they're just really soft gentle sort of where she played two things like um, Colonel's B-Quest obviously graphic <laughs> old, more obscure graphic adventure games Not yeah, again she thinks she doesn't want to do hits I haven't think her latest one she did the Labyrinth video game I haven't oh, played yeah. that <laughs> uh, I haven't watched that one yet but yeah definitely recommend them so, so, so they're so different to the sort of usual screaming uh, loud mouth yeah. uh, ones like <laughs> even though I do like uh, mm. the likes of Game Grumps and Super Best Friends uh, uh, they are fun to listen to but uh, mm. yeah yeah it's just nice to hear a nice gentle sort of lo-fi and like you just it's, it's clacking of the keyboard and it's all very uh, <laughs> it's mm. they're very relaxing to listen to yeah <laughs> so yeah um, any, anything else or we finish up there uh, I don't know whether you would have done let's say most not most people know, but you see on boards that they're always talking about the the Holy Grail secondhand shop finds. That um, that's really kind of all I had when I was yeah. younger. That um, my mother would bring me um, thrift shopping to go for uh, clothes, and uh, we happened to go down um, down near the market one time, and I found a shop that had um, just books or games, <laughs> and um, I got a Game Gear for free. Uh, for my uh, communion uh, of uh, one of my cousins and uh, he had Sonic on it and uh, I was like (laughs) drooling uh, we've lost all our money on batteries uh, (laughs) 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 he he was sitting down kind of looking at me and he was going you were really enjoying that and I was like yeah (laughs) Sonic and I was like and I love Sonic and you know you know the way children are and they love things and I went down for ages and he gave it to me for free but then um, I was saying I have no idea where to get games for this. It's not in. There was only like one game shop in town, and that had nothing. But this shop with all the books had loads of um, secondhand Game Gear games. So my mother was like, you know, if you're really good now, I get you this game. And they were like four pounds at the time mm. per game, so I could have whatever I wanted. And I found one of the receipts of one of the games that I bought, and it was like, you know, Sarah bought, you know. Bugs Bunny game on the Game Gear and mm-hmm. she bought it for seven pounds mm. and I was just signed at the bottom but I found out that it was um 
my friend's father was actually running it, but I, I didn't make friends with her t- for another 10 years. I was saying, if only I met her 10 years earlier, because <laughs> I've gotten so many more Game Gear games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have them, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you should remind me of uh, some other places there as well. Pete's on Parnell Street was a oh, place yeah, yeah. Amiga. I think because they could repair, do repairs there as well. So yeah. do repairs, which is great, because I remember, yeah, because uh, Pinball Illusions is totaled my space bar and shift keys uh, <laughs> uh, playing that game yeah. uh, and then also the other one um, I think uh, you, you, you're probably a very big fan of Mr. Calculator oh god yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really it's expensive just, import yeah, games yeah. Grabs <laughs> oh wow he has a 3DO six months before it's supposed to be released in yeah. Europe what, how much oh one billion pounds that's what he wants <laughs> um, yeah his prices would be gigantic I mean you'd be have yeah you'd get imports yeah. but like yeah I think yeah, it's he's not there anymore. But I remember last time seeing there, he had the 3DS again because that came out in Japan um, a good few months before it came out here. Uh, yeah. it was yeah, it was summer it came out here, but it was out for Christmas in Japan. Had possibly America. Yeah, well, like he was looking for like something like five hundred pounds. Yeah, it was a really stupid price. I remember as well. Games World had the uh, remember Games World on. Remember Abbey Street where yeah. the game stuff is there? Yeah. That, that had the really hot girl that was working out. <laughs> was mad about. But um they had a N sixty four there, like the, the oh, American yeah. the, or the Japanese one yeah. before anybody else and they had they always had Mario running on it. And I went up and asked them how much it was once before. They're just really dismissive. Yeah. I mean, going, Oh, you're not gonna be able to afford that. He goes, well, how much are you sending it for? And I was like, Oh, six hundred euros or something or probably pounds at the time. Yeah. I was like I think that might have been Peter. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So those import prices were never good. So yeah. I'm glad we the, the internet we live in this like, age yeah, where we can import our own stuff. Yeah, I never started importing until the PlayStation One, which I actually got late because I had the I had that Pentium One Hundred. Like I got, it oh, lasted yeah. me for years. It like it was out of date by a year, and after a year it was out of date. And then uh, I just used to play emulators on it. And mm-hmm. then I eventually got it. My parents got me a PlayStation when they were dirt cheap. It was like in two thousand or something. And then I played Final Fantasy Seven, and I was got turn into a, a total weeaboo then mm-hmm. and then I had to have like all the RPGs and it's like they're not coming out in Europe and like there's a Final Fantasy Tactics game and they mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't and why are they bringing it to Europe so that's when that was my first import game was <laughs> on the Playstation yeah um, also kind of what you're saying there about getting the Game Gear for free like we that's one thing we don't remember as well how poor we were in the 80s and 90s yeah because uh, I only got my Mega Drive because um, like, I would have been stuck with my Commodore for years I only got the Mega Drive because I had a anti-working in Arnott's yeah and my mother got a like I think she got the um, it was well my Mega Drive is the display Mega Drive that they use in in oh, Arnott's okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got it for free so yeah <laughs> that's the only reason I got a Mega Drive <laughs> I think I got the PS I got the PS1 I think halfway through the PS2 cycle because it was a hand-me-down as well. Yeah, I got um, it when it dropped to 100 was, euros or something when I got mine. <laughs> uh, but um, I only got like um, a DDR game with it mm. and uh, they had lost everything else with it so I had no memory cards or anything and I was like, yeah, thanks I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even buy anything for it. So got, yeah. second and chopping again but I never found anything. Mm. After that, like I, that was when I got my first summer job. So every summer I'd, I'd spend all my money on video games. So I wasn't, I wasn't looking for money off my parents then. So kind of after the PlayStation, I wasn't, I wasn't begging for games anymore, or just getting one at Christmas and one for my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we'll mm. yeah we'll finish up there. Uh, mm. Thanks for joining us, and we'll do do another podcast very soon. We're trying to get the the schedule up for the yeah. more. <laughs> we had the last one up a bit sooner, but uh, I've been in the middle of moving. So I've got a new bigger home now where I can have all my retro stuff laid out. So much better. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so thanks for joining me. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with another one. And I'm going to play out on, because uh, it was always such an amazing cabinet to see in any, any arcade, which is Outrun and the best music. If you weren't tuning your radio to a magical sound share, there was something There's, wrong with you. are doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. And we'll talk to you next time.